Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center and Contact Center podcast. We try to give you some actionable items to take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve the customer experience, and hopefully improve your agent experience as well. My name is Tom Laird. I'm the CEO here at Expedia Interaction Marketing. How's everybody doing? Merry Christmas. Almost Merry Christmas. It's uh, it's the 21st as I record this of, of December. And we put a ton of time into creating a piece of content that I want to do a full podcast on because I think it will help a ton of you out there that maybe look are looking to outsource in 2023 um, or 2024 who have never outsourced, who don't understand kind of, I guess, the, the the ins and outs of it. So we have an ultimate guide. I have this guide. It's totally free. It's 28 pages. Um, I'm not going to talk through all of that, but I want to talk to you guys today about outsourcing. And even if you're not looking to outsource, I think that this will be really interesting because we're going to talk about some reasons you should outsource, some reasons you should not outsource. What are some of the high points of, of what you need to know? Um, what are some of the pitfalls that contact centers can can gain in the games that any organization can play when they're trying to do you know, some type of billing or or the invoicing? What contact centers might throw in there that they shouldn't? And we're going to talk about pricing as well. I mean, I've, I've had done a couple of podcasts on pricing kind of around the world, but we're going to talk about that too. So if you have any questions, let me know. So here's the deck. For those of you who are watching this, I'm doing this on LinkedIn Live as well. And if you're just listening to the podcast, it'll be fine too, because I'm going to kind of talk through all this stuff. But I just want to jump in this as well, because I don't, again, I try to make these things 15 to 20 minutes. This could go maybe a little bit longer, but um, definitely not going to be you know a, a, a huge burden on your time. So there's kind of, I guess, like the, the five mission statements of this, or the things that we really want to kind of talk through. And this is kind of the North Star of of what you need to to do when you're looking to outsource. So to summarize this whole thing, number one is, is you need to know your needs, right? Um, map out the needs of not only what you have to have with an outsourcing partner, but what are some of the things that you want to do as well? Maybe analytics aren't part of your deal. Uh, maybe there's some advanced reporting or some IVR work or some integrations that you, you're you not sure if you can do. I guarantee you throw it all in there because um, a lot of times the pricing won't be that much different. You want to look for the right partner, obviously. You want to look for the same type of values. You want to look for the same type of demographic. You want somebody that has some experience. Um, I think we get caught up a lot in, into experience of the contact center. It may be in your niche, but I think, you know, if you are in financial services, that call center should have some type of financial services background as well. 
you need to understand the KPIs before we do this, right? Before you outsource, understand the basic KPIs, service level, handle time, talk time, abandoned percentage, occupancy, the quality aspect of what you're looking for. You don't have to be a call center guru. Um, you know, we have plenty of videos and plenty of podcasts that we've done just on that. Um, so if there's any questions, make sure that you kind of understand the, the basics so that you can have a, a conversation. Um, I, I always say prioritize transparency, right? You should be able to blind monitor. There should be, you shouldn't have to put a ticket in if you have an issue, no matter how big or small you are. If, if you have to put a ticket in for a reporting issue or for a question or for something to be routing, then you're probably with too big of a contact center for you. Um, and you need to maybe go back down to somebody like me, who's, who's a kind of a niche uh, BPO. So that's important. But again, make sure that they're fully transparent. You're getting reports daily. You have dashboards that you can look at. You can blind monitor. You can get a hold of anybody. The other thing is make sure that you are willing to collaborate, right? Again, if you had an internal call center, you'd be talking to those people every day. The cool thing is you don't have to talk every day, but make sure that that call center wants to have, wants to have weekly calls. They want to do calibration calls um, as well on your monitoring, making sure that everything that, you know, when they score a call at an, with an 87, that you can trust that that 87 is onboarding is really important too. I mean, there should be multiple calls. I mean, we still have clients that we onboarded in August that we're doing daily calls with um, for half hour, 45 minutes to make sure that everything is going well. And there's a lot of call centers out there that, that will do that. Uh, will do that as well. So that's kind of the five things I want to, I want to talk about. There's some reasons that you should, let's talk about these quickly. You can save a ton of time. You can save a ton of money, especially if you are in a major market, uh, when you have to, you know, you're paying reps sometimes upwards of $20 an hour. Uh, there is some cost savings that can be there. You're going to save a ton of time because you're not going to have to deal with really anything. So you can cut down a, a bunch of staff. I mean, I hate saying that, but, you know, from a, you know, we have very large programs that have maybe only one or two people on the other end that are kind of working from that end. So where they used to have a team of, of 50, right? So they've outsourced all the agents, all those, all that hardcore stuff to us. And now they're just stuck with, you know, one or two people that are kind of organizing it on their end. The more rural that you go, right? I think Erie, Pennsylvania, where we are, is kind of in the middle. We're not kind of out in the sticks, right? But, you know, we're not a major metropolitan area either. So think that through. If you go into a New York City and LA, if you're outsourcing to those markets, it's going to be more expensive. I think that that's, that's pretty obvious. You know, I think you can improve the customer experience when you choose the right partner tenfold, right? A lot of organizations, th this isn't their niche, right? They're, they're, they make a widget and now they have to service it and they're not sure what to do. We, we, meaning the industry, I'm not talking about Expedia, but BPOs that are really good have all the tools that you need so you don't have to buy them, right? They have workforce management. They have advanced routing, IVR capability, self-service model, um, AI technology, uh, looking at work workforce improvements when it comes to uh, after call work and wrap time, um, all these you know workforce management, speech analytics, you name it, you can really improve the customer experience. And, and not just talking for me, but so many of my friends out there that are running call centers, you have so many stories where you know they they've taken an organization that was really struggling, and and all of a sudden you know their their service model totally flipped. There is lower training. And, and I believe lower turnover than you will find in your internal call centers. And I know that's that's probably what you have not been told. 
I would ask the question, you know, like for most, a lot of call centers, we don't use temp agents. Um, if you're, if they're going out to temporary organizations to bring in some agents, there could be issues. But remember, one of the cool things about outsourcing is we pay, meaning the BPO pays for attrition training. So if you have a four to six week training, that can be a real issue, you know, when it comes to if the call center is not choosing the proper agents that they have to now pay for all of this churn. So we try to make sure that we are not churning at all or as small as possibly can to have the best agents and train them the best possible way because we're on the hook for anything that that kind of comes uh, from a nutrition standpoint. Check the social uh, the, their social media ratings. I think it's important. Check Google, check Classdoor, check Facebook. You know, for us, we're four, five, four, six, and all those. That's from our agents. That's from our clients, right? And I think that that's important too. From from any all the really good BPOs will will have that as well. Again, you can focus on your your core areas. That's kind of how everybody sells it. So I don't spend a lot of time on this, right? Focusing on what's important to your business, and you kind of outsource the, you know, the the the, the important customer service functions to a professional who's doing it all the time. The, the fifth one is scaling, right? It's very difficult for internal companies to scale up, scale down very quickly, um, especially when it's not their deal, right? We're doing retail right now with, with a couple of clients that are at their peak. And then in the middle of the summer, they may just drop them to six agents, right? So you can go from you know 60 to six um, over a couple month period. And we have, were built for that to scale up and down very quickly. And I think it's one of the big reasons that BPOs you know, are, are have, a, have a huge, there's a big need for them. Again, we're adjusting to seasonality, right? So Christmas time, if you are a landscaping company, right, a giant landscaping company, you, you, your springs are probably much bigger than than in many your falls, and maybe your winter's not. So I think that's that's the other kind of the the flip side of it. Twenty four seven support, right? Most BPOs are twenty four seven, so you can you have flexibility with your hours. You're no, you don't have to be nine to five, right? You can be you know, whatever, you can be 24 seven, you can be 12 to 12, you can be any of those things to capture West coast, East coast, whatever you need. Um, most of us um, are very, very, very flexible when it comes to that. You know, when you buy software, you're always worried about upgrades, right? You don't have to worry about any upgrades. Um, the BPO takes care of all that. We pay for all that. So from a technology standpoint, if there's something you want, you ask And nine times out of 10, I guarantee that you're going to be able to get that technology so you're not just stuck with what you purchased, right? The BPO has this wide range suite of of, of tools that we can you know, bring to you now getting into the AI stuff, right? We're so deep into the AI that it's going to be very difficult for your contact center to scale and to move to these type of technological upgrades um, that we can. Better data analytics, right? Unless your internal call center is really deep into you know, speech analytics and looking at data and sentiment scores and all of that, the BPO can help you with that um, and give you insights that you never thought that, that, that you could have. Uh, let's talk about some of the best and worst contact, qual- contact center qualities and skills, right? So, you know, an effective call center has high quality, right? So when you're going to be able to blind monitor, you're going to feel comfortable with those t- with the calls that you're listening to. Um, when they send you recorded calls, you're going to feel comfortable. When you're doing a calibration, you're going to be comfortable. They should be sending you scores or, or recap every single day of, of, of the project um, in, your, in your program. We should be experienced. And again, if you have a niche project, I think you need to be maybe a little bit flexible. Um, but you know, if your company 
most BPOs, that's the cool thing. We've, we've seen it all. Retail, financial services, um, tech support, you, know, you name it. You know, we've done that, that work. And, and that's the great thing about a BPO is, is the, just the, how we've been so flexible with different clients and be able to kind of mold into the needs of everyone. And then, you know, you have to have a very scalable client or, or call center that you're working with. You need a real partnership. You, this cannot be just a software vendor that you're working with. Again, they're dealing with your customers. Um, you have to treat them as a partner. There has to be some give and take. You know, you have to ha- be able to have those difficult conversations if, if things do don't go right. Um, but you can't just, you know, kind of be that hardcore. It doesn't work when there's not a, a, a just a nice, great partnership between two. And that's where we found, our, you know, our longest clients going on, you know, eight, nine, 10 years. As long as we've been, you know, in business, we still have those clients because we have been able to get through the good times and or get through the bad times and have some a lot of fun during the good times, um, but be able to help help one another. Um, cost effective pricing, right? So, making sure that you're you're not getting ripped off, right? That when you have setup fees, that they are reasonable. Um, that you are looking at, you know, if you need to be billed by the hour, if you need to be billed by the agent. Most BPOs right now will be doing this by the agent hour, right? And we'll talk about price and all that, you know, moving forward. Make sure that they have advanced technology, right? So that everything that that you will need for now in your roadmap. And I would say tell a BPO to give you the roadmap for the next you know, three to four years. Or if you have a three-year contract, what's the roadmap for our technology, technology advances that we're going to do over the next three years. And then again, the proof should be in the pudding with your NPS, your CSAT or your sentiment scores to, to be able to, to judge if your if your customers are getting a really good uh, experience. All right, here's some red flags to look out for from call center outsourcers, right? High setup fees. They love high setup fees, right? And well, CCAS loves them too. It's, it's kind of annoying. So, you know, make sure that they're reasonable. A lot of expense that is tried to be recouped is thrown into um, setup fees. And sometimes that's right. Sometimes it's not. So, you know, I have seen setup fees sometimes for $87,000 when we were bidding on a project that, you know, we bid it at, at 10 understand and that's where the understanding and maybe using a, a broker or a call center consultant as well when you're trying to do that to make sure that you're not getting gouged on, on those prices. Um, client support. You shouldn't be paying for client support, right? A lot of BPOs have moved to that model where you're paying for client services. I I don't do that. I don't think a lot of them do that, but you will see some contact centers try to do that. And be careful on your per minute costs, right? Oh, it sounds cheap, right? When you do a you know, I've seen people do like two, two, $2 a minute, $1.50 a minute. You know, that can average out to like 90, 80 bucks an hour. So you have to be careful. Um, anything that's over 75 cents a minute, you better be some doing something really cool, really niche, need licensed agents, need maybe nurses or someone that, that has some type of licensing. So you have to be really, really careful, uh, careful with that. There should be no upcharges for Omnichannel, right? I've started to see this. So we deal with voice, but if you want chat and email, there's an extra charge for that. I don't think that that's right. Be careful of that. To pay for licensing on your reporting now, if if you would like, so for us, for dashboards, you know, we give three free licenses for dashboards to your team. If you want 10, yeah, you're going to probably pay for, for those seven licenses after that. But the core kind of what you need to set this thing up and to have that initial um, your initial staff be looking at it. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that charges. It shouldn't be that high of a charge. 
And the other thing is, again, the transparency thing. You must make sure if they're not letting you blind monitor, um, that's an issue. Um, if they're not sending you recorded calls when you want, if they're not giving you reporting, you know, 24 hours later, that's kind of an issue too. So those are some red flags I think you have to be careful and, and kind of look out for. You know, the other thing here too is is attrition training, right? So call centers have, some of them have moved to where you will pay for attrition. I don't think that, I think that's one of the main perks of hiring a BPO is getting the proper agent so that there doesn't have to be a lot of attrition. And if there is, that's the call center's fault, right? That's my fault, right? So I should have to foot the cost to train those agents to get them up to the number that you want. But some uh, BPOs are not doing that. Again, that's a little bit of a red flag. Um, Things that you should, these shouldn't be questions about really what you want, right? Omni-channel support, email, chat, voice, SMS, um, getting into, you know, the IVR, um, self-service from chatbots and natural language processing, all those things, they should have the technology to be full omni-channel, Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, Telegram, any of those, they should be able to um, utilize as well. A fully integrated CRM platform, they should be able to integrate with anything you have, right? Off-the-shelf stuff, Zoho, Zendesk, Salesforce, great. You built your own proprietary CRM, they should be able to, through APIs, connect to anything. We never had a client that we could not connect to any of their data sources through some type of program or, or some type. I don't want to say a workaround. It's always been a solid, solid connection. They should have advanced speech analytics. It's now 2023, almost 2023. Um, I think analytics is now, it, it, it went from a, a something that's cool to almost a must-have. And again, I, I have here, you know, look at the, the agent pool, make sure that you're, you know, the agents are the, the type of agents that you're, you're looking for from a demographic standpoint. Advanced routing, right? Talk that through, right? How are they skilling their agents? Is it skills-based routing? It better be skills-based routing. Um, are there any unique things they can do from a workforce intelligence standpoint to bring agents in and out of skills um, to make sure that you're almost quote unquote guaranteeing service levels? Forecasting workforce management is an absolute must, especially if you have a project that's over 50 seats. They make sure that they have those type of, of tools. Obviously, expert call center personnel. Make sure that you're you're not just hiring somebody who's, you know, who's brought a bunch of people in here over the last three months and they're just starting. I think that that's, you know, it's, it's difficult. Talking about AI support now, right? I think that that's important. That's a question that should be asked. And, and is it cost effective for you? And I think that, you know, those are some of the things that you need to be talking through. These are kind of the minimum standards that every BPO that you're looking at, no matter how big your program is, um, you know, should, 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 uh, should have. All right. So how much should this cost? And I'm just going to do this quickly because again, I have full podcast episodes on this, but USA based customer support. Um, you know, we are looking anywhere now. I know that on, on here I have 23 to $20 an hour. I grabbed the, looks like I grabbed the wrong deck. That's, that's gone up significantly. And I would say your starting point is around that 27, $28 an hour range. And you're in that, 27 28 to $33 an hour range for regular customer support. Anything that if you need licensed agents, if you need some specialized agent, you know, it can be in that high 30s, 40s. Um, so that's kind of where you will be for USA support. Now, remember, you're not just hiring a call center now for just a, uh, I say a button, a seat, and people yell, I'm sorry. So for an agent in a seat, right? You are getting everything included, right? Workforce management, full omni-channel, all of your telephony. There's no billing for minutes. 
Um, the full aging cost, supervisor cost. We don't bill for supervisors. Most do not bill for supervisors unless there's a lower number, right? If you only have 10 agents, maybe we'll bill for a supervisor. Other than that, we kind of amortize that over the cost of the agents. Any of the other tools, right, that, that you're looking at, they are your partner, not just for your call center, but the, your your total customer experience um, should be housed and, and they should have the capability to handle all that. If you're looking nearshore, you know, we've seen prices now about $14 to $19 an hour, some maybe creeping up into the 20s. Nearshore, thinking of like the Caribbean, Belize, Mexico, you know, those kind of places. And then offshore varies wildly. You know, you can look at the Philippines and, and India where you could be at 4 or $5 an hour up to, you know, that $10, $11 an hour range. We can look at Western Europe, which is very, to be honest, very expensive because of just their labor costs and, and how they're kind of their they have a more of a social society of, of, of paying their agents. The Middle East, you can get some really good deals. South Africa has turned into a, you know, a really good market as well. Um, so again, there, there's a lot of different variables. It depends on what your customers are looking for. What will they tolerate from a voice standpoint? Um, and what are you willing to pay from a technology standpoint as well? I think, you know, all kind of play into those. So some of the things that you need to look for, to make sure you have the right partner size, right? Don't put your 10 seater into a 1500 seat call center. Nobody's going to care about your project, right? Understand when you need to go to a boutique and when you need to go to a convergence of Cytel, you know, one of those you know, monsters of teleperformance. I think that's a, that's a huge, everybody just hears those names and think that they're even their hundred seater should go there. You put your hundred seater into a 1500 seat center. Again, they're not going to care of a hundred seater for, you know, a, a six, 700 seat call center like me, you are now a strategic client. You're going to get everything cream of the crop. And, and I think you'll have a way better experience. So size is, size is really important. Track record of management, right? Make sure that they understand what you're doing. What is their client support method? Is it 24-7? Do you have access if it's Sunday at, at 5 o'clock? Who are you going to talk to if you have a problem for Monday morning? Make sure that you have all those, those kind of details wrapped up. Associate match, I think, is important. Again, if you're talking about a geriatric program, Right for for maybe some some older customer base, maybe you would like some of those like to have that same voice or that same kind of empathy, right? Then then having a, a nineteen year old kid take those calls, maybe it doesn't matter, but it's something to think about if it does matter with with your uh, with your culture. Again, we talked about proper technology that, that you should make sure that you're scouting out everything that that they do have with that. Talking, what, what do you want to be onshore, offshore, hybrid? Right, a lot of people will do, take their voice. And, and take that into the States, but then they'll take their chat volume, their email volume, anything that's back office, move that offshore uh, for, for a pretty significant cost savings than if you did that in the States. I think that that makes a lot of sense. The company culture needs to, to match. You, you need to go fly out. Um, you need to meet the people. You need to go have dinner. Make sure that there is a culture fit you know, between because, you again, you want that partnership. You, you want to make sure that you feel comfortable with them because they're going to be with you for a long time. Training, understand how they do training. Is training remote? Is training, do they want you on site? Do they, you know, have trainers that are, will be specific to your program? How do they do ongoing training? You know, those are questions to ask. Again, scalability and flexibility are really, really important. Do you need 24-7? Do you need, you know, does your agent pull go up 400% during three months out of the year and then back down? And, you know, something we don't talk about enough is, is probably is security. So even if you're not dealing with credit cards, you should be PCI compliant, right? There should be HIPAA compliance, right? It, I think it just shows the culture of, of all these organizations. I would ask for all of that, um, make sure that, you know, they're, they're comfortable with giving that. And uh, 
I think that will tell you a lot about you know how they feel. How do they do their their work from home? Are they giving computers? Is it a bring your own device? How are they locking them down? Do you need VPNs? Do you need VDIs? How is that working from a security access and, and access to your data? Um, is it in the cloud? And, and kind of you have to make sure that you have that all figured out and that you feel comfortable with that as well. And then a couple last things here. Again, don't treat don't treat us don't treat your BPO like a vendor. You know, treat us like you know we're, we're another employee of your organization, a very valuable employee of your organization. You know, have really good conversations. Don't just ghost us. Um, be willing to have weekly calls. I think that that's really important. I think you need to be an active part of training, especially initially, not go ongoing, but that first time we want to make sure that we nail everything that you want. So having you in, in your organization train our associates, our trainers, our supervisors that first time as we're documenting everything, I think is really, really important. The other thing is one point of contact. Again, we talked about that. We don't want tickets, but having one point of contact for any issues that you have, whether it's reporting, whether it is um, you know, how many agents are there, whether it's QA whatever your issue or question is, there should be one person that you talk to. It should be a phone number. It should be a direct line. You shouldn't have to call into the office. Um, do they have SLAs for getting back to you? If you send an email for us, it's 15 minutes. Our client services has to get back to you. So I think all those things kind of play into the type of organization that you're looking for. I think, again, weekly calibration sessions are really important. What is the escalation process? Right. So if there's an issue that does, because the issues are going to happen. You have an irate customer, somebody who... I was going to send this to the Better Business Bureau or they're going to get their lawyer involved. What is that escalation process? How does that information get and how quickly does it happen? Um, again, weekly status or quarterly reviews are really, really important. Open communication between um, between you and the BPO, um, I think, is, is again, is, is really, really important. So that's kind of, I think, that's a ton of information. I know I went through that really fast. I have this full deck. I'd love to be able to send it to you if you'd like it. Um, I will put the link to this kind of in the uh, in the show notes of this episode. And then when I throw this on LinkedIn as well, I'll, I'll have the link to it as well. So again, I hope that that's it's a ton of information. If you ever want to have just a phone call with me, even if you don't use Expedia, I don't care if, you, if you, you're talking about or if you have a vendor right now that you'd like to rework the relationship and you want to ask me some questions, I'm more than happy to do that. You guys know I will talk to anybody. I will answer anything. My goal here is to add value. It's not just to, to sell you. Uh, but if again, if, if there it gets to the point where I would love to be a part of any process that you have for an RFP or you know, if there's anything that you're thinking about moving, you know, we just like to be part of the process. And if we don't we don't get the deal, I'd still help you in any possible way I can. So again, I hope that that's helpful. Enjoy your holiday. I will have my kind of end of the year send-off um, next week. And uh, I hope all of you have an awesome, awesome Christmas.